Well, I hope you all had a great worship time. Uh, I hope that you joined in with us and that you spent some time with Jesus and that it was awesome. Uh, today, we want to look into God's word. You know, when the Israelites were about to enter the promised land, Moses sent spies ahead. And when they came back, all of them, except for Joshua and Caleb, they were all like, it's too big. They're too strong. It's too scary. It's too much. We can't do it. And they had lost, really, their faith in God. And it's kind of crazy. They had seen him split the Red Sea. They had seen him perform miracles in the wilderness, provide them food, provide them water. They had seen God move in these incredible, miraculous ways again and again and again. But when they saw what was in front of them, they lost their faith. And it upset God. In fact, in Numbers chapter 32 and verse 13, it says that the Lord's anger burned against Israel and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until the whole generation of those who had done evil in his sight was gone. And in Numbers 14, 33 and 34, God says this, your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies in the wilderness. For 40 years, for each of the 40 days you explored the land in the promised land, you will suffer for your sins and you'll know what it is like to have me against you. And so Israel wandered in the promised land for 40 years without a place to call home, facing struggles, facing problems, and facing need. But then after the 40 years, the time came. They were finally able to enter the promised land. And this is where our story today picks up in Joshua chapter four. It says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you in the future. When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And then further down in the chapter in verse 20, it says, And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when it dried up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful so that you might always fear the Lord your God. 
God told them to set up these stones so that in the future, for future generations, they, you could point to them and you could point to the stones and say, look, rem- these are there to remember what God brought us through. That we had to face all of these things. We had to wander in the, the wilderness for 40 years, but God brought us through. We had to cross the Jordan River, but God brought us through. These stones were a memorial that God had brought them through. Now, today is our first Sunday under the governor's stay-at-home order while we ride out this COVID-19 pandemic. And I know that today, some of you are concerned. Some of you are worried. Some of you are afraid. You're anxious. You know, last week when we were at prayer meeting Sunday night, we were praying and we had just found out about this stay-at-home order and we were getting ready to go to prayer and I was anxious, I was nervous, I was worried, I was concerned. I, I was worried, you know, what does this mean? How, it's, how is it going to affect everybody? I, I was worried for all of you. How, how is this going to affect all of you? I was worried for my family. How is this going to affect my family? I was worried for me. And, and as I was praying, I, I was praying, you know, God, how do we navigate this? What, what, what do we do? But almost as soon as I was asking God this, God began to remind me. He began to remind me of other dark times in my life. Times where I, I had no idea where the money was going to come from. And I I wasn't sure if I'd have enough to feed my family or pay the bills. Times in my life where I I thought, how am I going to make it through this? Times when I wondered, you know, am I going to have a job? Times when I've lost people that I love. Times when my whole life seemed like it was being turned upside down. Plenty of times when I was overwhelmed and afraid and nervous. And as I was remembering all of those times, God reminded me, and I brought you through every single one. You're still here. I took care of you. Your needs were always supplied. There was never a day where you were just starving. There was never a day that you didn't have a roof over your head. I Yes, you've been through hard times, but I brought you through every single one. Every time I provided, every time I came through, every time when you needed me, I showed up. I brought you through. And I bet that today, when you look back on your life, you can see sometimes where God brought you through. That, that God carried you through some dark times too. That God brought you through when you had a lot of questions and you were afraid and you were nervous and you were anxious. That you walked through some hard times, unbearably 
unimaginably hard times. But you're still here because God brought you through. That's the importance of having things that remind you, of having different remembrances of your life, of, of ways and times that God brought you through. Just like the Israelites had the 12 stones, that when you're going through tough times, when you come through it, when you get on the other side of it, that you, you stop and you take a second and you point back and you show your kids and you show your husband or your wife, you all just take a couple of minutes and say, God brought us through this. We're on the other side of it now. Celebrate it. So that down the road, when you're going through something again, and you're anxious, and you're scared, and you're worried, you can look back and say, but God brought me through every single time, and he will bring us through this now. I, I thought back of all the other times in my life when I struggled with worry. And I've struggled with worry all my life. I remember all the way back to kindergarten. I was so worried in kindergarten. I had a kid on my bus who was sort of a friend of mine, lived down the road. He told me the principal had an electric paddle and if you messed up, he was gonna hit you with the electric paddle and not only would it hurt, but it would shock you. And and so I, was, I had that in my head and I was really trying not to you know, mess up. And, and then I was in kindergarten and my mom wasn't there and my mom was always there every day. And, and what, if I, what if I mess up? What if I do the wrong thing? And, and what, what if I forget my lunch? And I'm, I, I'm just gonna sit there without lunch and I'm gonna be hungry and all the kids are gonna look at me. And, and I, I was constantly worrying. I cried every single day of kindergarten from the first day of school to, to Thanksgiving. And, and then in, in first grade, I, I moved beyond the crying thing. I just threw up all the time. I would get myself so nervous, so worked up. I would throw up all the time. I, I, I'd throw up in the bathroom. I'd throw up during class. I'd throw up during lunch. I still remember one of my best friends, Seth, raising his hand at lunchtime and being like, yeah, Brian barfed again. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. I, if I, I, I mean... I struggled with it. And if I'm being honest, I still struggle with worry. Uh, uh, last year was rough on me. And, beca and because I worried too much, uh, like I'm on ulcer medication right now and I still have anxiety medicine just in case I need it. Like I still struggle with worry. It's, it's still a part of my life. But you know, I thought of this the other day. That we have no more to fear now than we did before all of this happened. Because God's still on his throne. There are threats that we face every day. And we've been fine. We don't even worry about it. And you know what? God's still on his throne. God was on his throne before we had ever heard of the coronavirus. God was on the throne when we had everything we needed and life was normal. And you know what? God is still on his throne now. God was on the throne when we went through other hard times. 
and no hard times that we face is gonna knock God off his throne now. Hebrews 13.8, we said it last week, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's on his throne and nothing's gonna knock him off. So I have no more to fear yesterday than I do today. And I have no more to fear tomorrow than I do today. Because at the end, Jesus is still in control and still the one who sits on the throne and still the one that calls me his friend. You know, when I start to worry, I remember Bible verses that my mom hung up right next to my door before I walked out my bedroom door to go to school when I, when I used to get so worked up about it. It's Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single day to your life? And, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans, they run after these things. But, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And there are so many other verses that I've come to, to hold on to and, and trust and cling to when time gets hard. Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all of your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. The, the Psalm 91 verse that we talked about earlier, the, the midweek devotional about, about say, the Lord is my refuge and, and hide in him. And, and just so many, many, many other verses. You know, and, and those verses will come back to you when you need them, when you start putting them away in your heart. They will give you faith when you need them. I, I remember a couple of days ago I was running and I, I was running along and I, I saw a couple birds and they were sort of fighting, playing, flying all around. And I thought, these birds don't know anything about the coronavirus. These birds aren't worried. These birds don't care. They're just being birds. And I remembered the verse 
where Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then as I was running, I was uh, running around the fairgrounds later and it started raining and it started, then it started pouring. I was soaking wet and I was running on the way home and it's still just raining like crazy. And as I'm running back, I see the same birds and the same birds are still playing and and flying and, and fighting around. And I thought, you know what? These birds, they don't care that it's raining. It, 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 this storm, this, this thing that I'm running through thinking, I hate this, this is such an ordeal. They don't care. It didn't bother them. And again, it brought me back to that verse about are we not much more valuable than the birds? And I thought, I'm running through this storm. I'm running through this this thing that I'm considering a bad thing, but the birds don't seem to be bothered by it. And if I'm so much more valuable to God than the birds, then whatever thing that I'm going through that seems to be hard really isn't that big of a deal because God cares for me. Sometimes, Sometimes the best stones to set up that remind you that God did bring you through, sometimes those stones have scripture verses written on them. And it's been interesting. It's been interesting to watch Facebook. It's been interesting to watch what people are saying and where people are going to find their hope. Uh, I ran across a post from a friend from Suncrest Camp. This is a Suncrest a long time ago when 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 Katie was still in in high school. And she said this. She said I, I went to a Christian high school and I went to a Christian college and I was raised in the faith. But I haven't gone to actual church in a long long time. But the only thing ringing in my brain is this. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hebrews 11.1. She said, this has been unbelievable, debilitating, depressing, and it's not over. She said, I can only promise you that you're not the only one. Be kind love each other. We don't have jobs. Some may not have food, and it's not over. But I say again, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Amen. Someone who hadn't gone to church in years and years is quoting scripture. Another one, a friend from high school that graduated with me. She posted this. So last week, an old friend of mine posted this on her Snapchat. I screenshot it and have read it multiple times a day. A few days ago, I sent her a message that I appreciated her posting, 
and that I screenshot it and then I read it whenever I'm feeling overly anxious, which, come on now, has been way too much lately. She told me that this past Sunday, her church sermon was about anxiety and that there's no reason to be anxious. Then she tells me that it was online and I should watch it. To be 100% honest, I haven't been to church in years. I may even say that I'd lost faith. Then I watched this sermon. Something made me message her that day. It's like God knew I needed her help. And her Instagram post that she saw was this. Give your entire attention to God and what he's doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen. And then had quoted Matthew 6, verse 26, that says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? In Matthew 6, 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, it's interesting that, that people that have had very little contact with the church for a long time are turning back to Jesus in the middle of all of this. Not, not only that, what is it that they're turning to? Well, what, what is it that they're holding on to for strength and hope and encouragement? They're holding on to God's word. If you're looking to strengthen your faith, if you're looking to strengthen someone else's faith, if you want to be encouraged, or if you want to be an encourager, look no further than God's word. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the what? By the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word. Everybody, we, we have a huge opportunity here. People are crying out for help. They're crying out for hope. People are desperate for something to put their faith in. And you have it. What does it say right before that Romans 10, 17 verse? It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. People are looking for a bit of good news right now. And you can blow their minds because you have great news. You have the word of God. You have the very words that the Bible says when they hear it will give them faith. And they're begging for it. Y'all have, you can have some beautiful feet if you give some people the faith that comes from the word of God. Look, you all have stories, story after story about how God has brought you through the dark things in your past. And you've been setting up stones. You have all of these memories of how God brought you through 
of maybe how brothers and sisters in Christ gathered around you and carried you through. Or how a scripture verse carried you through. You have the stones set up. So all you have to do is point to them. So that when they come around and say, what, what is, what, what, how, what's your faith from? How do you have this hope? How do you have this strength? How do you know that God's going to bring you through? You can point back to all of these stones in your life and say, God brought me through here, and God brought me through here, and God brought me through here, and God surrounded me with my Christian and brothers and sisters and carried me through here, and this scripture verse, and this scripture verse, and this scripture verse. God got me through before, and God will get me through again, and he will get you through too. You can go on Facebook and tell them, God will get you through too. When you're talking to somebody on the phone or texting with somebody, and they seem like all hope is gone, you can tell them, Jesus will get you through. I've been in tough times. I've been worried where my help will come from. I I don't know. I, I didn't know if I would have enough. But in story after story after story, God came through for me because Jesus is still on his throne. In Psalm 121, verses 1 to 8, the writer says this, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen? It says, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. And the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. You've got the stones. And more importantly, you've got the word, the word that inspires faith. We've been talking about becoming the bride, being the church that God has called us to be, being the church that looks like the ones that the apostles set up under the Spirit's power. And what was the first thing in Acts 2.42 that they devoted themselves to? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God. And so I'm just going to echo what Paul said. Encourage one another with these words. We have hope in Jesus. So let's hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10.22, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. He will be faithful to you. He has been faithful to you. He will be faithful to you. He is faithful. Jesus is faithful. He is faithful. So let us hold unswervingly to our hope and let us share that hope, that hope of the one who is always faithful and always will be faithful to those who need that right now. Let us share that faith with those who have lost theirs. You need to tell that to your friends. You need to tell that to your neighbors. We need to tell that to our kids. 
Our, our kids need to know two things right now. One, that you're gonna do everything in your power to keep them safe, but two, that God has been faithful. And you can tell them and you can show them the, the stones that you've set up in your life. You can point the stones in their lives where God brought them through. Just like Joshua said, this is for your children. Someday this whole COVID-19 thing is going to be over and you're going to be able to point to your kids someday down the road when they're wondering if they can make it through and you can say, do you remember when COVID-19 happened and I lost my job and, and I was worried? God brought us through. Point, point your kids to those things. That God is faithful. You know, another thing that marked the early church is that they said, it says that they gave to one another as they had need. Well, the world right now needs a little hope. The world right now needs a little faith. The world right now needs to see the one who is faithful. And you have those stories. So give to others as they have need. Just gonna remind you as we close this Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 to 38. That when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. There are a lot of people in your circle right now that are just like that. They feel harassed, they feel helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And God, Jesus, has compassion on them. And then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You have been sent. Jesus has sent you to a harassed and helpless people. May your feet be beautiful because they bring faith and hope in the world. Word of Christ. Let's pray.